Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Jacqueline Nagel is a high school dropout and experienced homelessness as a teenager. She is also a woman who has forged a successful career dependent on redefinition, evolution and left of centre thinking. With a diverse career crossing professional services, mining services, civil construction, manufacturing, industrial relations, Jacqueline has used speaking-centric strategies extensively to launch, pivot and manage both multiple eight-figure growth and crisis across all of those organisations. Beyond all of this, Jacqueline has been called a down and dirty strategist and loves it. Obsessed with the power of words, her driving philosophy is wrapped up in her core business brand, Speakable You. Hi Jacqueline, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. I'm really excited to talk about why speaking matters today, but do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, how I got to where I am today is a little bit different. So if you told me five years ago I was going to be working with speaker training, I would have laughed in your face. So my background is uh, from regional Australia and uh, recruitment, grew a labour hire company recruitment business, took it over from uh, my mother and grew it from 4 million to 22 million in 15 months. Sold to an ASX listed company, took what I learned from that and became an industrial relations consultant. And so worked in mining services, industry and manufacturing, 27 EBAs under my belt with 100% success rate. And if you actually know what I'm talking about with that, you know that I'm a little bit crazy. And then uh, did a lot of different ventures with my then husband in turning businesses around. We had this habit of buying something that was run through the floor and then having fun with it and then selling it on when it was healthy and functional was actually the hostile installation as a CEO in a traffic control company and things like that. So very different background to this, but across that entire background, I always used what I call speaking centric strategies to get what I wanted, basically, whether it was something in crisis or something that was for growth. And so it was all about getting what I want. And then a few years ago, I started getting really cranky about the quality of speakers I was listening to when I went to events and how it was all about them and very self-indulgent. And then I started to realize I could tell who was trained by what speaker because they were following a formula and the story was told in that person's way. And, and I just started to get really angry because I felt like all of these amazing people were not showing. I couldn't see who they were because I was speaking to a formula. And, and I went into all the speaker training and I couldn't figure out why nobody was looking after who the people were and what they knew to be true about the world. So a little bit arrogant and a little bit annoyed. And I decided to test run something, um, sort of just little workshops. And three years later, I'm doing that for hundreds and hundreds of people here in the West. I love the background that you've had and how you're relating it to the importance of the speaking, how you've been able to get that message across, because it's definitely something that I've found being involved in a lot of networking events, going out and doing keynotes myself at different events, even going and doing retreats and things like that. It's important to you know, think about your style, but also watching other people's styles, you learn a lot from that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And I always say to people, if you're determined to become a great speaker, you don't need someone like me. You just need to plant yourself in front of YouTube. Find good speakers. Don't model bad speakers. Um, find some great speakers. And there's actually exercises that I give my clients that we really pull on um, what we call the YouTube exercise. And you really don't need somebody else if you're willing to do that. Having said that, 
you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, there are certain techniques and applications and a way that you can shape information through the spoken word that you can't get just from observation. So there is a little bit of both, but yeah, absolutely. I've noticed too with the different styles that some people, like I suppose you mentioned formulas, that's probably the biggest thing more than style. It's the formula that they go through with, okay, I have to tell my story and then I have to do like the hero's journey and then you know, just take them on an experience. And like, I'm thinking, what, what is it here really? And when I think back to the ones I love the most, yes, there was a bit of story intertwined because you want to get to know the person who it is, but you don't want their whole tragic life, do you? No, and that's one of the biggest mistakes is I say to people all the time, it's not about storytelling, it's about story shaping. If the story is not, if parts of the story or the whole story is not relevant to the message that you want people to walk away with and the emotion you want people to walk away with, then you have to do what I call kill your favourite children. So don't get so attached to something that you're not prepared to let it go for the benefit of the audience. So it's not about it's not about this chronological unfold of this series of events. Like, you know, it's not a one-man stage show scripting an autobiography. It is the moments that matter that you can drop an audience into that speak to the point of what you're trying to share with them. The only reason we tell story, story actually isn't about us. So everyone's like, it's about my story and I need to share it. And actually, no, you need to share those parts of the story that matter to your audience because the only reason we tell story when we speak, it's not about sharing great stories, not about showing that we understand story the only reason we tell story is there's well there's actually three so you're answering two questions in the audience of your mind it's who are you and how did you get to know what you know and the third one is can you share with me or can you teach me and the only reason we're telling the story is to build belief and trust and connection if the story doesn't do that then we have to get rid of it right and we have to let it go because it's only about if there's anything that can alienate your audience then you're actually not telling a great story so it's all about creating belief and connection and i can trust you now to give you my time you mentioned the hero's journey um the hero's journey is still one of the most amazing story formats it's the oldest one when we know that but people have missed the point the hero's journey is i start here i go to here and i come back out here and people think it's but people realize it's not these points so the maximum amount of major points you should have in a hero's journey is five and the key is when you come out the other end you should be able to share the insights and the learnings from that experience, not just this is a tragic story or this is a story of redemption or this is, you have to be able to share the person you become and the insights that you've brought. That's the hero. The hero comes back, he's been through the war and he comes back with lessons to share and people miss that all the time. Mm, yeah, that's mm. so true. Mm. Now, if we go back to, okay, what does speaking really mean? When you're talking about it, it's not just those big keynote presentations where you're earning thousands of dollars, is it? Tell us more about when speaking is actually really important. So I'll start with one thing because a lot of our training is around keynote speaking, but the only reason it is that is because if you learn how to do a, a really well-structured keynote, then you have skills for every single speaking format that you might ever do, and that's the only reason we do it. Why speaking matters is actually... I have what I call speaker-driven business as an attitude, I guess, or a philosophy. So any business that we have, speaking matters in every moment. So whether you are trying to sell something, whether you are trying to get people to agree to something, whether you're trying to get people to buy into a vision, when you have to stand up and do that three-minute delivery at a networking event, when you suddenly are part of a networking group and they give you a 10-minute spot and you blow it. Like, you know, there's so many moments to moments. And one of the things that 
has been the unexpected delight for me is that people who are in business, particularly for themselves, who are what I call subject matter experts, so really good at their thing, but losing work to what I call noisier idiots. What happens is when we teach people how to speak, you, it improves how you speak every day. And the other thing that's been fascinating to watch is how clear people get in their message. So all of a sudden, people understand what they do. All of a sudden, people say, actually, Leanne, I heard you speak. And not only do I like what you do, but I think you're my kind of people. And that's when we lock them into us. And so, you know, the faster you can learn to do that, it's not about cutting corners, but the more you invest in doing that, it's the single fastest way to grow your business, especially if you are somebody who works from home on your own or with a small team because you're trying to do everything yourself or you've got a limited amount of resources team-wise and resource-wise. The best thing to do is to be great at speaking. And I bring my point home with this because there's so many platforms now where we hear people speaking and so many of us, we just switch off. We hear them, we switch off. We hear them, we switch off. And you don't want that happening when you're... Um, when you are the channel to market through your words, right? It's, um, it's really, really important. And one of the best ways to summarize, I read a quote recently was that every business and every career has a story and you're the voice of it. And yeah. that's true too, especially when I were talking about small business people, you know, they are the yeah. face of their business. They oh. need to be visible. They need to be confident in getting their message across because you can't just rely on, oh, I just do this and people understand what you do. I've especially found that with the coaching field that I do. People don't understand what that is. So you've got to get very good at explaining what it is. Yeah. Notice my journey from when I first started out networking, go, oh, God, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so nervous and so introverted, but I was determined that I'm going to get better. Yeah. And now I public speak in front of hundreds of people. Yeah. So you can do it even if you had this fear of public speaking, can't you? Absolutely. And I talk to people constantly, the only thing that stops you from speaking is not your right to speak or your ability to speak, it's the internal chatter. So the internal voice is as loud as your external voice. As you can start to move the balance on that, you get stronger and stronger. But people also say to me, there's a couple of things. People say to me, I'm just not confident. I don't think I can do it. And it's, we can build confidence. We can give you the strategy to do it. Because once you know what you're speaking about, and I always say to people, if you're with a group of friends at a bar having a glass of wine, probably not in the current times, but if you're at a bar having a glass of wine with friends, are you relaxed and comfortable? Do you ever struggle for what you're saying? It's like, well, no. And like, because you know what you're saying and you feel comfortable with those people. So we can replicate that. We can build that for you. The other thing is, is people say to me, I'm an introvert and I don't think I can speak and I don't want to speak and I find it really hard. The fact of the matter is, is that 80% of the most successful speakers in the world, if we look at the big stages, are introverts. And that blows people's minds. I think it's because we're really, as an introvert, for us to step out on a stage we need to know that it's worth it. If we're going to come out of our comfort zone, we need to know that we're going to make a difference and it's worth it. And I think that means that we double down and we build the skills. I actually refused to speak until I was 29. This, it was a baptism by fire. And I literally refused to speak. I was GM of a multi-million dollar business and I would not speak. I would send my team out. I trained them. I knew how to get them to speak. So the difference for me in realizing that I had nothing to do with being an introvert as opposed to having something of value was mind-blowing for me. And that was my tipping point. The third thing is people will say to me, I know I need to be better at speaking and I know I need to be funny. And my whole thing is, well, are you funny in real life? Because if you're not funny in real life, don't try to be funny from a stage. And from a stage, I mean in front of one person, in front of 10 people, on a podcast like this, on YouTube, on a conference stage of a 1,000 people. I don't care where it is. 
you know, and you hear it all the time in the elevator pitches when you're at networking things where they try to deliberately script a joke to open with and it just falls flat. So somebody who's naturally funny, that works for someone that's not. And all you do is make people go, that's not really who they are. And that's the last thing you want. Yeah, I totally agree. And we do hear the word authenticity coming out a lot now. And a lot of uh, people saying, you've got to be authentic, you've got to be authentic. But sometimes I think, well, what does that really mean? Because I, are you being true to yourself? Are you being authentic as what you see that other people think you should be? Yeah. It, that there's a real thing around it for me, especially when I hear go, oh, God, another one saying being authentic. What does that mean to you? And when you say about the, the laughing and being funny, I thought, well, I'm not exactly funny. I can say the odd thing that I'll get a bit of a smile and a laugh, but I'm getting you've got to, across. Yeah. yeah, you've got to be true to who you are. One of the first things we do, so I also get really right, like roll my eyes at the word authenticity because I, I feel like it's directive authenticity. It's like from a training perspective, 70% of speaker trainers are like, come with me, I'll make you an authentic speaker. And you don't realise who you get in the room that they're saying, I'll make you an authentic speaker in my likeness, right? Which is why we get all of these formulaic cookie, cookie cutter style speakers coming out and people who don't know how to build their own content and shape their own brilliance into something unique so that's number one but you know being authentic starts with knowing who you are so it's you know it's a combination of who i am at a core level not who people are telling me who am i naturally and amplifying that then it's a matter of what do i know and when i talk to people about this it's what not just what do i think i know but what do i know well enough that i have the right to speak to this right so not just what do i know that i can mash up with some Google trending and speak to it and sound sexy and topical. What do I actually know so well that I have the right to, that I have the right to speak to it. And the third element is how do I serve? How do I show up? How do I actually serve? And those three elements together, when we work through those three, you don't even have to think about being authentic because once you actually can uncover those three and have the confidence to bring them together, the rest just works. You never have to think about being authentic again because it's just part of who you are. Oh, I, I love how you've said that because I truly believe that if you know something and you're passionate about it, it comes out. The true you comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. I know when I start talking about my adventures and my bucket listing and all the things that I do and I get people out there doing, I am, I just change. My whole face lights up because it's just something I know about, something I love doing. And people will connect with that more so than me talking about stuff that, well, yes, I sort of know it, but I don't really, I'm not passionate about it. You know, it's a real difference, isn't there? We respond to resonance. And what I mean by that is I can feel the resonance in you when you go to somewhere that you love and you know deeply and intimately. I can feel that. And that's what I respond to. When you are speaking to something you should speak to or you've been told to speak to or those sorts of things, your resonance sits higher and I can't drop into it. So for you to get your audience to drop into where you are, you've got to drop in as well is one of the biggest things. So we respond to resonance and it's really important that we understand that. The other thing that's really interesting is, you know, and I'm going to use an example of a previous client, I'm not going to name her, but she um, was a major partner in a major accounting firm, had complete burnout, was actually a high functioning alcoholic, broke down, took time out, recovered from the alcohol. Well, you know, you never recovered from alcoholism, but has been clean for some time and has really reinvented her life and has built a practice now where she is extraordinary having professional firm owners really get profitable in their business, even if they don't grow, just really get profitable. But she also has this incredible transformation story. And so she turned up in one of our workshops because everybody around her had convinced her that her transformation story needed to be what she went to the stage with. But in actual point of fact, 
when you went to residence, it was actually what she does and what she believes about the difference she makes for these professional service firm owners that mattered to her. So she walked into the room going, I'm going to do this. But when we actually went to residence, I really listened to what she was saying. It was an amazing story. Don't get me wrong. It was an incredible story and the sort of thing that, you know, you could probably make a Hollywood blockbuster out of. But it wasn't her thing to speak to because she couldn't drop into the resident what she was passionate about and what she would fight for if someone took away the opportunity to speak about it was what she did for this group of people over here. Mm. Oh, I love that story. Mm. And I have actually seen when people talk, you know, you can go from anywhere from a 20-minute presentation to an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. So then you can actually spot more of your story in when, when needed, can't you, to actually expand it out and to really do more of those examples and things. Yeah, and it really depends on the reason that you're speaking So you know, and why you use stories. So there's seven core structures that we use as a framework because structures make you sound like it all sounds the same, but it's a framework. And it depends on those. But the most amount of story that you'll use in any of them is about 35 to 40% most amount of story. And people are quite surprised by it. But the way it's woven is what matters. Mm-hmm. And the most amount of personal story is usually 20%, which also people who are really think they're going to tell you know, storm the stage with their autobiographical story, it's like, what do you mean I can only tell that much? And, and then when you shape it and you and it's used to give what you're going to share with them strength, then they understand that it doesn't have to be all about them, um, you know, and they understand the power and actually being careful with your storytelling. It's not, if you get up there, one person came to me who had a very big military background and has been keynote speaking for ages. Somebody said he should look at my work, turned up a little bit resistant, and at the end of our conversation, he went, I realised I've just been smashing seven stories from my, from my background together with no insights, no real thread, no whatever. And so many of us are guilty of that because we understand we need to speak and we understand we need to get it out there, but we don't think about what we're giving the audience. And just something that comes to mind then is those, just for those not necessarily introverts, I mean, I know there's extroverts as well who don't like to speak, but for those who just want to, okay, I know I need to do more speaking because it's going to be important for my business or important for myself. What do you think are the first steps for, you know, maybe thinking, okay, not necessarily hiring a speaker coach straight away, but what are some of those things that they could actually start putting in place? So there's a few things. One is actually, so from a business perspective, there's an exercise that we run that you can actually do yourself with people that you love and trust so long as they're also already speaking in those networking groups in the arenas you want to be in. But it's it's an exercise called Tell Me What You Do. So I have people turn up with their seven-minute business presentations. We run through them with no input from me. We then critique and massage them. They go away and pull that back to a three-minute. We critique and massage, they go away and they pull it back to a one-minute. We critique and massage and, they, and we get it to a one-sentence, tell me what you do. Right. And so that process is something you can do on your own with a mastermind, with people you trust, but just make sure the people critiquing have been. So, for example, Leanne, now that you've been speaking for a lot of networking groups, you could absolutely help somebody out who's looking to do that. But you need to be careful the person you're asking to do that with has already been there, done that, and they're in the arena. That's number one. So that's an exercise I run with my clients. I get highly paid for it from some of my clients, but it's something you can absolutely adapt to what you do. The second one is the YouTube exercise. So the YouTube exercise is actually find three speakers that you really love, watch their videos and watch it three times. The first time is to write down everything that you love about what they're, about how and what they do when they're speaking. The second time is to actually everything that irritates you, which people find really interesting and it changes your perspective. 
And the third one is actually to pull out and extract all of the words and phrases that you really love about what they say, that they use. Those three together across three speakers is the foundation to identifying who you are as a speaker and actually building your own skill and structure around what you want to deliver before, without even having to go to a speaker coach. Um, the last thing is actually get good at story, get good storytelling. So for example, books that we know are great. So you're going to laugh at me about Harry Potter, storytelling extreme, right? So actually copy type. For those of you who don't know what that means, get a, get one of the stories, one of the chapters and just copy type. So copy typing is word for word, letter for letter without thinking about it because you start wiring your brain to a good story format that doesn't waste your time. Oh, I love those tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. They're excellent. Thanks. So I suppose the last thing I want to really end with is just what have you seen the benefits of people who've got it, who's starting to get out there and speaking? Why do you think somebody should go, yes, you need to work on your speaking? Well, for me, it is the fastest way to change your future reality. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but when you start to speak and be able to connect with people and people can very quickly get a sense of who you are and what you do, your world changes. You know, it, start, it's, it moves from being a grind to bringing the right people to you for what you want to do. And so that's the number one thing. I, the second thing is your own confidence and your own ability to articulate something quickly in a way that makes sense to the person listening. So often we're caught in trying to get it right and trying to do this right. And as we build that muscle, it's really, really powerful. The other thing is that particularly as business owners, one of the biggest things we need and it's a big topic right now is resilience. And the more that you can actually invest in your ability to speak, believe it or not, the better your resilience gets because the wider your vocabulary, the wider your ability and understanding of how to use your words, the more you can take control of your own thinking and the more you can actually be considered in your response to what's going on around you. So it's so multifaceted, but the bottom line actually is you get what you want. So if you want more business, you want better sales and you want better clients, then double down on your ability to speak because it's the fastest way to get what you want and put money in the bank. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for talking on this. I love this topic. We could just go on forever. <laughs> thank you so much for talking on why speaking matters. And if our listeners actually want to follow up with you or contact you, find out more about you, where's the best place to go? So there's two places. So Jacqueline Nagel one on LinkedIn is the fastest way to find me. There's also a lot of recommendations. So you can get a sense that, you know, other people like me, not just myself. And then the second place is our website, which is speakableu.com. It is currently being transferred, but everything's there at the moment and it will go live again with some revamps soon. I love it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Igniters, Jacqueline has given us some awesome points about speaking and why it matters in all areas of our lives. If you want to connect with Jacqueline, go to her website, speakableu.com, or follow her on Instagram, JacquelineNagel1. For more on bucket listing and living it now, you can follow me on Instagram, bucketlistcoach.leanneblaney.